today on From A to Ziggy, candidate, candidate one, alternative candidate, candidate whatever. Welcome to From A to Ziggy, the podcast where we talk about every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order. Uh, my name is Travis. And I am Thomas. And no, you didn't get lost in the space-time continuum. This is the second episode that is also about candidate. We, uh, in our last episode, we parsed over one version of candidate that was on Diamond Dogs. On this one, we are going to take a look at our second candidate. Um, yeah, this is like point counterpoint. This is point counterpoint. <laughs> they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a look at the version of candidate that did not get on to Diamond Dogs. So this one was actually written first. I was demoed what new year's of 74 was it oh yeah that's right it was recorded on new year's day because when other people are out celebrating new year's day david bowie is in the studio getting things done well david bowie's getting ready for his birthday david bowie is getting ready for his so birthday he's gonna take that day off instead yeah so instead that's what he's... sucks about having your birthday so close to new, new year's yeah. tell me about how much it sucks <laughs> you having your birthday presents. so close to a holiday <laughs> What is your what is your My birthday, birthday is on Christmas. It's on Christmas. It's on Christmas. Your birthday's on Christmas. Yeah. How does that even happen? Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that illegal? Does the Catholic be. Church uh, have a law against that? <laughs> they should. They really should. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Which of course makes it illegal for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Christian nation, damn it. So This is not well, America. Well, everybody else was out. I mean, I guess it was New Year's Day, while everyone else was in their homes nursing their New Year's Eve hangovers. Dave Bowie was writing this amazing rock and roll tune. So this song sounds nothing like the other candidate. Um, again, not unlike every other election, we have two very disparate candidates um, that are all kind of going, they all have their vision of what works best for the David Bowie canon. And this one says that this candidate should be a little peppier, a little bit more of a straightforward kind of blues rock kind of precursor to 90s Britpop song. Yeah, it's, and it's got more of like a chorus verse, verse chorus, verse chorus. Yeah, it's much more, even though no, no two choruses are the same, which I kind of dig, but also makes it much harder to sing along with. Yeah, it's got a very catchy hook, and yeah, it's much more structured like a pop song, whereas the other one's kind of loose and all over the place. And mm -hmm. the other one's about a maverick. This is more your, your structured. Yeah button down suit and tie wearing yeah. so let's see david buckley put in if you get the liner notes for the 30th anniversary edition of diamond dogs david buckley wrote uh it's a great bowie song on its own and deserves elevation to the very overcrowded pantheon of classic bowie songs i concur it's it is it's a it's a completely different song from the uh from the other version of candidate and uh it is it's also it's very catchy it's very yeah it's got a great hook it's like he's kind of shaking out the last little bits of the ziggy era just kind of getting it that last little bit out of his system yeah before moving on to diamond dogs yeah there's a lot of kind of aladdin sane going on here including the uh mike garson piano yeah which for most of the song that the piano is really kind of driving the bus it's like the yeah. main it just kind of does the same thing over and over but then kind of towards the end, kind of veers off yeah, a little but bit. It gets very out. Mike Garson. Yeah, it gets very sort of flowery or impressionistic. Like, um, it's, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And uh, speaking, of, 
speaking of beauty, uh, David Buckley also says that it uh, possibly contains some of the rudest lyrics of 1973. <laughs> it's certainly just right, right out of the gate. <laughs> right out of the gate. Inside a young pair of pants, there's a... Inside, yeah. Inside every young pair of pants, there's a mountain. Yep, there's no... Uh, there's no getting around that one. Yeah, that's that is that again. That is single entendre. There's nothing to parse through on that one. That's boom. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of. It's a pretty crass rock song. It's basically exactly what a rock and roll song should be. It's just yeah. uh, catchy, filthy. Yeah, like the song. Like the song a lot. Where the other one, where the other version, where the other candidate is. Uh sort of manic and losing control uh, on, his, on this uh, downhill roller coaster, just sort of com coming completely unraveled throughout and seeking desperately for, uh, for some love and companionship and sex and whatever. This one is, uh, is more confident. It's got more of a, I see this candidate walking down the street straight up with its back, with his his or her back straight, you know, not slouching, with a spring in their step, ha happy-go-lucky, confident, and um, also talking about uh, seedy, dark stuff. Yeah. This is one of those songs that's, um, that's dark, but puts on the... It's, it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. It, it's, it's dark, but it puts on a, a good facade. Yeah. Which are some of my favorite songs. I love the ones that are like that. Yeah, no, I, I do enjoy that. You peel it back, and there's something much more. Yeah, it reminds me of when I was a kid. Well, not a kid, like a teenager. When the, and I kind of had this album on my mind because I was on Facebook the other day. It reminded me, it was the, this weekend is the 20th anniversary of when the self-titled Sublime album came out, which I realize I'm probably losing a lot of people with that right now, but bear with me. Where it's kind of a similar thing. It's like a very, like, you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is a fun little reggae album. But all the songs are just about, like, violence and living in a terrible neighborhood and about addiction. And just, like, really dark lyrically. But then, like, you kind of forget how dark it is because you're too busy dancing to fun little reggae songs. Well, that's all, that's all reggae. Is yeah. like that. Yeah. There's a lot of dark stuff in, in reggae. Yeah, Peter Tosh is super dark. Especially that old uh, Roots stuff. Who is it? Who's... There's a guy, what is his name? And not that I know very much about reggae, but uh, everything I learned about reggae I got from uh, this compilation. I've been trying to find this, actually. Uh, the Johnny Greenwood is the selector? Uh, I think I've got it on CD. Yeah, Johnny Greenwood is the controller. Is the controller, right. Same, same difference. Yeah. But uh, This Life Makes Me Wonder is a great dark song about alcoholism and you know, depression and stuff, and it's Delroy Wilson. Delroy Wilson, Delroy yes. Wilson does some he actually, great So he is referenced stuff. in a great old Clash song is that right? uh, called White Man and Hammersmith Pelet. And it's um, basically about them being white boys who love reggae and how they think it's okay to be white boys who love to play reggae. <laughs> Which resonates to me because I'm a white boy who loves reggae. Uh, but yeah, there's a, song, uh, a line in the song where they... Uh, the line is Delroy Wilson, cool operator. Yeah, because he, he just, he sings this stuff with such soul and passion, but it's just so dark. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, reggae. How did we get on reggae? Uh, things that sound peppy, but are actually very, very dark. Right. Um, another, I guess another, a more contemporary one, uh, as far as with David Bowie, would be like Maxwell Silverhammer. 
the bounciest, happiest song about murder you'll ever listen to. Yeah, which is by that's that's by the Monkees. Right? Yes, that the is by the song. well, it's by the um, the band that parodies the Monkees. Uh, they're called the Beatles. The Funkies. The Funkies. The uh, the Beatles. The Beatles. Gotcha. Uh, they're like, we're gonna take the piss out of this Monkees band. They take themselves so seriously. Yeah. People only think they're messing around. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so there's some, there's some references here. This is back when, um, I think this was recorded when Bowie was still planning on doing 1984, the musical. And so there's tie yeah. back, there's callbacks to, uh, some things from there, like, uh, the correction room is like room, what was it? Room two, two seventeen, two whatever. Um, inside every gr- candidate waits a grateful debt. I had to look up what a grateful debt is because I don't. I never heard that phrase used except in reference to the band. Yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, it's apparently a, it's a trope. You can find it on TV tropes. I've surfed around that site a little bit. Uh, I can take I'm a assuming, lot of your time. I actually don't know if I. Yeah, don't don't get into a TV tropes suck. But I'm assuming you can find it there. I'm not going to look it up. If it's not there yet, after this episode, it will be. Yeah. But it's a it's a kind of a fairy tale trope or a parable trope where the uh, oh there's a there's a dead person there's the soul of a dead person who can't who can't pass on to the next world unless someone because of like a debt mm-hmm. uh, or they were not buried and so if uh, I feel like that was definitely a thing like in late '80s early '90s TV I feel like I watched a few episodes of stuff where that happened yeah. Uh, or and if when some kind and generous stranger comes along, they're rewarded for either burying the body or covering the debt, and that's the grateful debt, and that's that. That's it. It's kind of a like a fairy godmother kind of thing. Oh man, I wish I had thought to Google this because I I probably could have found at least try to jog my memory on some episodes of TV shows I've watched where that happens. It sounds like there could be a Twilight Zone episode yeah. about it. Honestly, I feel like there's an episode of like Saved by the Bell where that happened. If anyone who listens to this watches or used to watch Saved by the Bell and thinks of this before I think of it, please, please. And then there was also that episode of Friends where she thinks her mom's soul is in a cat. Her, she thinks what? Phoebe thinks her, this cat that she found was actually the soul of her mother. <laughs> it wasn't, but those are the first two things that popped into my head. Um, so you're saying that every candidate is... A yeah. dead person that wishes they were dead. Is, yeah, is, uh, I don't know what that means. I'm just picking out lines and looking, yeah. at, looking at lyrics. Yeah, there's a lot of weird lyrics in this, and so th- this one might also be another cut-up. It's gotta be. There's no way this isn't. It's, yeah, it's just all over the place. With maybe some of the same source material? Because there are some things. Yeah, there's a couple lines here and there, or phrases that you hear in the other candidate. Make you a deal. Um, so I'll pretend I'm walking home. Uh, what else? The word scream. Yes. He does say the word candidate a couple of times too. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, again, it just feels like a very, it's, it sounds like a song that like Oasis could have put out, which I think maybe is what drove me into it the first time I heard it. I was like, this sounds like a lot of stuff I've listened to since I was a teenager. What makes um, it sound like It's kind of like the, there's kind of the, um, like the echo. At the end the, of the tape line. delay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just the guitars is very like the electric acoustic dynamic and this like very jangly. Yeah. It's got kind of a, it's got kind of a proto, uh, 
proto shoegaze yeah. guitar. Over yeah, it, totally. It's just does. a bunch of overdubs, and they're all kind of droning over the the more strumming structured uh, uh, twelve string. Yeah, and the piano is kind of doing more is adding more of the structure to the song. Yeah. Um, which kind of reminded me, that reminded me more of Supergrass, which is probably my favorite Britpop 90s band. So, another thing I like about this song, two of my notes for this song were that piano, exclamation point, yeah. and those drums, exclamation point. Because there's the, just listen to the progression of them as, as, as the song gets through. If, if the other candidate is a crescendo in terms of in terms of his voice and the accompaniment, this one kind of crescendos and sort of pulls back a little bit, but then crescendos again in the last chorus. What I like about it is is the thing that strikes you at the very beginning, from the very beginning, is the thump, that thumping sound on the fourth beat yeah. of every measure. It's like boom, like a detuned, sounds like a detuned like tom. It's like really loose. The head is really loose, so it just sort of resonates and just like, it's really deep. It sounds almost like a kettle drum. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. And then there's a part in, I think in the second chorus, or the first chorus, he's, it's, he starts, there's a, there's a lot more crash cymbals or ride cymbals, and then it does that for two of the lines, but then it gets back to the boom, which is, is a cool contrast. You know, like, it like really makes that line stick out, which I think is the line that's about pornography. There's, there's this line about um, roosters, Oh, yes, a, a rooster is a, a rooster on a 12-inch screen. Which yeah. is hilarious that a 12-inch screen is like big screen, basically. Well, that's the thing. That's always kind of confused me. Is A 12-inch screen is a pretty small screen. Yeah, but for 1974. Even for a TV. Even for 1974, I feel like. Because like in Back to the Future, didn't they have that, they had that huge TV, right? I mean, it's not huge, but they had like a pretty decent sized TV, 24 inch TV that they roll out. Something like that. That's a family TV. Yeah. A 12 inch TV. It's, it's almost, it's a, like a, one of those portable TVs from the eighties. I guess those are a little smaller. 12 inches. It just doesn't seem like I'm a very big TV. Double check on what the standard size for a TV was in 1974. Maybe, maybe the 12 inch screen is like a much smaller screen than he's used to watching pornography on. Because back then you had the, um, the movie theaters. Yeah. So this is a guy who's, instead of wearing a trench coat and ducking into a movie theater, he's rented the... Rented the video. Times have changed. Betamax, because it's 1984. So he's like disappointed yeah. at, the, <laughs> at the image quality on such a small screen. Which, can you blame him? No. I mean... Yeah, I guess the standard was like a 22, so yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. I was picturing like a 1950s TV, I guess, and, and placing them in the 70s because I wasn't there. I assume the TVs were tiny until the 80s. I mean, I, yeah, I still had a, I had a small TV. It was probably about a 12-inch TV, but that's the one that I kept in my, in my bedroom that we played Atari on. Um, the family TV was bigger, but that was not the 70s. That was the 80s. It was around 1984, though, so it's the right time period. Anyway, uh, anything else about this candidate? I think we covered it all. In that case, why don't we go to ratings? Um, I, you got it. You, I, I was gonna. I was just looking at the lyrics to get a rating system, but it's not like you've got one. So I'm gonna give it a five. Wow, a five-inch screen. You need to give it one five-inch screen. Yes. Um, I was gonna give it a four, four-inch screen. 
Five. Wow, that's, that's some rarefied air right there. Yeah, five. I love this song. It is a great song. Yeah, it's that it's that tom or whatever it is, the detuned drum that grabs me at the beginning and then the piano all throughout. It's a beautiful, dirty song. Yeah. And actually, you know what the problem, my only problem for the piano, and it was more of a practical thing for me, was when I was trying to think about the other candidate and I'd be like trying to play it back in my head and I still can only hear the piano from this candidate because it is, it's so catchy. It's yeah. like... It's an earworm in the most positive way I can ever use that term. So, so it's it's sort of hard to reconcile that these two candidates are so different. You kind of have to choose between one and the other. Yeah, such is life. It's almost like you have to choose. It's almost like at some point you're gonna have to vote for which candidate you prefer. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of formally endorsed our candidate, but because this is a democracy, we would like to encourage you to vote. You can't see because this is a podcast, but I'm pointing at you need to go and vote. Like Uncle Sam? Like Uncle Sam. Um, for which is your preferred candidate? The Diamond Dogs candidate or the candidate that didn't quite get onto uh, Diamond Dogs? So if you go on any of our social medias, our Facebook, our Twitter, at From A to Ziggy. Yeah, we'll put, a, we'll put a poll on the Twitter feed probably. And you can vote which one... You can vote for your candidate. Vote for your candidate. And you know, on a semi-related topic, I'm gonna just, I'm not advocating for anyone, but I will say, in the spirit of these two candidates, don't stop voting when you vote for this, for these songs. You should go and do it in November. This is my, this is my first push. I'm, gonna, I'm totally that annoying person in November that's like, did you vote? Are you gonna go vote? Did you go vote? I'm totally that guy. And I, the last time there was a presidential election, I was working at an after-school program, and no one that worked there was really that into politics at all. But they're all children. <laughs> <laughs> the children weren't running the place. <laughs> a lot of my coworkers were like, they're too young really. to vote. They're like seven they years old. Seven, right? I was like, I don't care. Stand, get a trench coat, stand three of you on top of each other, and go vote. Um, so yeah, you should vote. And if you're not registered, go register to vote. Do it for do it for David Bowie. He would want you to go vote, make the world a better place. Yeah, and if you're not a U.S. citizen, become a U.S. citizen and vote for your favorite candidate. But also, if you're not a U.S. citizen, hold on to that other citizenship because you may end up needing it later. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not just talking about non-U.S. citizens who are on the continent. I'm talking right. about uh, if you live in Australia currently, if you live in Germany currently, apply for citizenship quick <laughs> and so yeah you said we endorsed uh we've, we have from a to ziggy has formally endorsed a candidate so yep. let's at the same time let's let's announce which which one that is ready uh after three right all right one one two, two three, three. the diamond dogs version Di candidate <laughs> this is america the discourse baby uh, so yeah yeah consensus right yeah no we both voted for candidate. Yeah, we both voted for candidate. <laughs> uh, even though I voted, I, uh, I rated the demo version higher, I'm kind of going to play the, the voting game yeah. and just pick the one that, that fits in to the whole scheme better. Yeah. I like the demo version more, but I feel like the, uh, the one on Diamond Dogs fits in better with the whole suite and the whole... Uh, mise-en-scene what's the the feeling of the album yeah um so while the other one this doesn't feel at all like a metaphor for anything that happened during the primary season so while this is the candidate that the candidate that we just rated is the one that 
we like better. It's got more to offer, we feel. But the other candidate is the one that probably it, it fits in better and it, it, it works better for the context of where that album is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that's my personal opinion. I, I don't know yeah. if you share that opinion. I, I do. I agree. I, I do. Feel I, free to. I prefer my other candidate, but just because it didn't make it on the album doesn't mean I'm going to dog the candidate that did make it on the album. And I will put my support behind that. Very good. Getting onto the album. Very good. Practical matters. <laughs> Practical matters. <laughs> uh, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of From Me to Ziggy. Um, let's see. Um, the next... I know this this was a heated debate. I don't I don't want to start any fires, yeah. but if any do get started, we can we should put them out with gas. Who should we call to put out these fires? Um, Ghostbusters? Do they do do they do fires? They tend to start more fires. You know, I I can't even think of any possible any possibility oh, to put would, out fires. I would consider calling the cat people. Really? Yeah. Are they good at that? There. Cat people put out fires. Cat people putting out fires. Yeah. That's a thing. All right. Uh, until uh, Friday, you can catch up with us on Twitter. Do that uh, Twitter poll. Facebook, for me to ziggy.com. Podcast at for me to ziggy.com. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We really love those. And have I forgotten anything? That's about it. All right. I'm back in the swing of things. Yeah. Uh, until Friday, my name is Thomas. My name is Travis. Vote now for the candidate.